Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined today by Brad Henderson, Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader. Brad, I, I usually like to ask you what's going on with Alpha Insurance today, but it might be. It's it's a day away from the office, at least, uh, there in in downtown Athens, the series starting tonight, uh, Ole Miss in Georgia. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, Parrish. Thanks for asking. That Holiday Inn and Suites, man. It's uh, I know I know exactly where you are. They, as you said, Ole Miss has stayed there for years. I'm sure in all sports. Yeah, yeah. It's right here on the edge of campus, right in the middle of campus, and uh, we had a few a uh, few friendly gestures from from some fraternity guys yesterday uh, as we were loading the bus headed to practice. But uh, yeah, it's a convenient uh, hotel that's been renovated. It's 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 perfect. The weather's perfect. Uh, just hope. Hope we can uh, play well this weekend. Always nice to be welcomed into a new town when you're on the road. That's always good. <laughs> and honestly, Brad, uh, it, it's good to hear that uh, that there are Georgia students that care about baseball. I mean, it's uh, hasn't been one of their uh, passions through the years. Uh, no, we're we're right across from some fraternities, and uh, of course, our, our bu- both buses have the logos on it. So, you know, there was no secret. We weren't just slipping into uh, Athens to play a baseball series. So, uh, yeah, we were generously welcomed uh, yesterday uh, on the bus by uh, the by some of the fraternity guys. But you're right. And and obviously, we'll talk about the numbers, too. But, yes, there's some students still around. And, and I, I suspect we'll see a, a little bit bigger crowd tonight because of the news we received yesterday. Well, I did read that uh, uh, no restrictions, full capacity for the series uh, this weekend. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. And and clearly everyone at this point, if you're a baseball fan, has read, uh, you know, that, that if, if Ole Miss is able to host, uh, that that it'll be at 100%. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's good news. Uh, hey, tell me, what do you remember about uh, playing against Georgia as a player? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just – it, it seems like a program that, man, uh, it, for a while there was like every third or fourth year they were in the College World Series. I think they went with David Perno. I know they went, went with Ron Polk one year, and uh, then they could just fall off big. It seems like they've struggled to maintain consistency, but um, I don't sense uh, that they've ever had the real support that you find in certainly in Mississippi uh even South Carolina nearby when they're winning um what's uh what did you see in Georgia as a program when you were playing well they they were in the midst of that downtime uh I I think I looked last night on the outfield wall I think it was the 01 when uh or 02 when Dave Perno took them to the World Series um I can I only played them five times Parrish we should have played them six we had a rain out one of the years but Back then, there were 12 teams in the league, so you, <clears throat> so there was always one team you didn't play, yeah. and obviously you would be the 11th team. So you played 10 series, uh, and we just happened not to play Georgia twice. So I, I'm not, I wasn't as familiar with Georgia. I played them as a junior. We came to Athens and swept them um, in two games. Got rained out the last game, and then uh, beat them two out of three at home the following year. So I was, four, you know, four and one. Uh, against Georgia, uh, the few things I remember, I remember the the field being pretty big. Uh, left field's really deep, 350 down the line. Right field's really short. 
314 down the line, but I remember the ball just really flying. Uh, and you could see it again last night as, as the team took P BP on the field. But you're right. It's not going to be an intimidating place, even though it will be at 100%. Uh, it's a football town. You know, yeah. everybody in the SEC knows that. And uh, not to say that there won't be some people there tonight, but, uh, you know, when, when you've been up and down as a program and, and you're a football school anyway, um, you know, the support just hasn't been there for the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, 350 down the line, though, that's huge. I mean, you just don't hear 350 down the line. If I'm not mistaken, Hoover, which we talk about being a pitcher's park and a big park every year for the conference tournament, that's, I think that's 340 down the lines. It's not 350. Uh, that's, you just don't see that much, do you? No, you don't. But it, it, it and you kind of have to see it to believe it. Uh, the ball flying out of here. It's, uh -huh. it's funny. We had a, uh, uh, some some two some of your Tupelo listeners perish. Uh, Alex Williamson, who I played with at Tupelo and played mm -hmm. with at Ole Miss, sent me a text last night with uh, a, a group text with Keith Kessinger, uh, who was our assistant coach at the time, and uh, he was making a joke about me being here in Athens and how far he hit a ball uh, off Keith and BP at Georgia. So uh -huh. it just tells you how the ball flies because uh, Alex never had a college home run. But he certainly he certainly remembered hitting one halfway up the hill in right field uh, <laughs> off Coach Kester. And, and Alex went on to say how uh, he ran the bases uh, during BP because uh, he was so proud of his his home run at Georgia. So the ball flies here. It was a funny joke, but he really did hit one up halfway up the halfway up the hill. So I think I think it's going to play a whole lot uh, shorter than what the dimensions are. What do you know about this Georgia team right now, Brad? Uh, I see uh, what, 12 and 15, I think, uh, in the conference, and uh, they're not winning series, but they're not really getting swept. They did take two out of three against Vanderbilt about a month ago. Uh, I think coming in, they've lost a series to, what, to Auburn, uh, Florida, and Arkansas, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, been able to pick off games there. What, what, what do you make of this team? Yeah, no, I think they're dangerous. Um, you know, do, do I think they're going to overwhelm us? No. Uh, but do, do I think they could certainly get people like you talked about? Uh, absolutely. And and I think the thing that stands out to me is uh, probably the strength of our lineup is left-handed hitters, and they're going to go uh, left-hander tonight, left-hander tomorrow, and to be announced on Saturday. So certainly that stands out. That's probably probably the biggest question mark is how will we respond? We've hit lefties pretty good all year, but we just always seem to really get to right-handers. Um, and then their best arm out of the bullpen is a left-hander that's uh, that's been really, really good all year. Uh, so for me, that's the biggest question mark. Uh, obviously, you feel good about it with Doug going into it tonight. Um, and, and then we get back to the same – basically the same place we've been the last month, two months. Uh, you know, when you run Derek out there and Drew out there, which Derek are you going to get? Which Drew are you going to get? And, and how will we follow them up with uh, the, the bullpen that's been, uh, you know, inconsistent? So, um, you know, it, I, I still think it's going to be one of those weekends where hopefully Doug gets you that win, kind of like last weekend, and then we bang the ball around on Friday and Saturday uh, and hopefully get at least one of those to win the series. 
I want to come back to that pitch in here in a little bit, Brad. We want to thank our partners at Oxford Park Commission first. Youth 5 from 15, 5 to 15, can develop hoops talent this summer at iHoop and OPC camp with former Ole Miss women's basketball standout Erica Sisk. Ages 5 to 10 will work 545 to 630, and ages 11 15 will go from 630 to 745. That's every Tuesday and Wednesday starting June the 1st. Cost is $150 per month. Camps run through June and July. Also, there are water polo skills to be developed. Those camps will be June 19 to 20 and July 22 to 23. That's for ages 12 to 18. You must be an experienced swimmer. Cost is $40. Visit OxfordParkCommission.com for more information on both of those camps. Lots going on with OPC this summer. Uh, Brad, you mentioned uh, the Ole Miss pitching there. Were you surprised that uh, Mike Bianco didn't uh, shake up that rotation a little bit uh, for this series? Well, um, yes and no. Uh, I I wouldn't have been surprised had he given someone else an opportunity. Uh, But I wasn't surprised that he kept it the same either, simply because we're at the end of this thing, uh, regular season-wise, and we are what we are. You know, uh, we don't have a minor league. We can go down and bring somebody up. Uh, I thought there was a chance he may give Darty a shot, um, but he's going to ride it out with the guys with with experience. And, and when you get to the postseason, you know what that means. Uh, and we've seen both of those guys be good at times. It, it's, you know, the consistency's has <clears throat> probably been the biggest issue with Derek and Drew. Um and it reminds me a lot of Gunnar Hoagland when Gunnar Hoagland was a freshman. You know, he, he could get through the lineup one good time, uh, but once it, it, it turned in that third, fourth, fifth inning, uh, people kind of seemed to get on him. Um, I certainly hope we've kind of learned from that uh, and, and maybe have a quicker, little bit quicker trigger uh, once we do see trouble rather than kind of like um, – Kind of like Vanderbilt on on Sunday, you know, when when we get the bases loaded and have to bring a guy in, and then obviously, you know, Miller gave up the grand slam. So I don't know, uh, but yeah, they're they're going to run with Derek and 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 Drew again, and I feel confident in those guys. And uh, you know, it, it hurt last weekend, but Vanderbilt's really really good offensively, and I don't think Georgia's as good as Vanderbilt is offensively. So you just hope you catch uh, both those guys on their good game. Uh, rather than the one that uh, they're a little bit more susceptible to giving up big hits and home runs. Yeah, and and we have seen flashes. We've seen flashes of very good pitching from both Diamond uh, and McDaniel. Uh, and I don't look down the roster, Brad, as, as you mentioned. That there's not a slam dunk option to say, hey, it's time. This guy's ready. He's been uh, biding his time. You know, maybe – uh, Jack Doherty, may, maybe he competes and ends up in that SEC rotation mm-hmm. next year. But right now, he's kind of in a groove. You know, he's kind of pitching well where he is. And when I look at Ole Miss pitching right now, two things, Brad. Number one, uh, the Tennessee Martin game is a concern because I think it highlights a real gap between the players they feel like they can count on on the weekends <coughs> and then the next level of pitching. And as you know, the next level of pitching on every team is about to become much, much more important in the postseason. Uh, so that, that's a concern. 
Uh, but also I, I look at pitching right now and I see kind of a, a shifting in the bullpen. Uh, while that second level really, I mean, you know, the last couple of non-conference games, you know, hasn't really performed well. Uh, some guys have uh, looked like they've made a move a little bit. We saw Jackson Kimbrell last week against Vanderbilt. Uh, Brandon Johnson had a nice game against Tennessee Martin. And it's almost looking like, Brad, that, that after a lot, of, uh, a lot of struggle for middle relief, a lot of struggle for that bullpen, that, uh, that maybe uh, Mike Bianco feels like he has some pieces he can work with between a Kimbrell, a Brandon Johnson, a Doherty, a Tyler Myers, maybe that bridge to Broadway that we've talked about so much uh, is becoming a little easier. And, and if so, maybe then it's easier to uh, keep that rotation the same and and keep running uh, Diamond and, and uh, McDaniel out there. Well, what, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. And I, I think what you said, the emergence of, of Kimbrell, who was so good Sunday against uh, uh, Vanderbilt, and then Brandon Johnson, who pitched against Vanderbilt as well, uh, and then really threw well on, on Tuesday against Martin. Um, it gives you some hope. You know, it's it's – those guys have gone in cycles, and it's it has to be so frustrating for coach, um, but because you take a guy like Josh Mallett, who was so good early on, um, and then you know it just seems like his velocity is down now. I, I think some of these freshmen may maybe just fatigue, um, and but there's been no consistency, and there's really been other than you get away from Broadway Myers, um, there's. Other than that, there hadn't really been anybody that's been consistent all year. You know, Miller's basically been a roller coaster. You know, he showed signs uh, at A&M where he was really good. And then, obviously, he gives up the long ball Sunday against Vanderbilt and then gives up another one um, that ultimately caught, you know, what was the game against UT Martin. Um, so, <clears throat> but you're right. Brandon Johnson's been electric. He's got a fastball that's going to run up there to 96 miles an hour. Uh, the, the slider is really good. It's, it's always about command. All these guys' velocities are really good, but it's always can they command the zone, and when they get two strikes on a guy, can they make a pivotal pitch uh, to, to get him out or get out of the inning? So uh, I think the, the, that's been the toughest thing because it's on a lot of nights it's been a coin flip. And uh, as a coach, you certainly don't want to be in that predicament. Uh, but we'll see how the weekend goes. But like you said, that that's the beauty of Doug Nikhazy. He typically gets you pretty deep in the games where you can save a lot of that bullpen. Um, and then you you get to the game two and game three, and, and you kind of hope for the best. Uh, on the flip side of that is the beauty, the beauty of that part is you do have the best offense in the league that uh, can, can win you games simply by scoring more runs than the other team, kind of like baseball was when I was playing. Um, and, and I think that gives you some glimmer of hope in the postseason. Uh, now, now that Gunner's no longer with us, you, you just hope you pull a Tennessee Tech at some point like they did against Ole Miss in the regionals a few years ago, and you're just hot and you just outscore people uh, if you do run out of pitching. Is there a concern, Brad? I know Ole Miss has hit left-handers well, but uh, now the, these left-handed starters, you know, Ole Miss has been such a big inning team, not necessarily – inning through inning, piling on and extending leads. But, you know, we've seen many times this team put up 
five, eight, ten uh, against Vanderbilt, ten runs in an inning. Uh, how does the dynamic change when the left-handed batter is facing that left-handed pitcher, not just once in middle relief, but uh, you know, three times as a starter? Yeah, I don't. Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't think it changes a whole lot, Parrish, because. Anytime you play game one in the SEC, everybody's starters are going to be good, you know, whether they're right-handed or left-handed. Now, I think early in the game, it's probably – it hurts us a little bit because you've got two freshman left-handers. One of them's going to hit leadoff tonight. The other one's going to hit third in the lineup. Um, and and they're just new, you know. It's all new to them. It, it's something they're figuring out as they go along, too. you got to remember these are 18-, 19-year-old freshmen – Playing in the SEC, they've been really good. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking of TJ and, and Jacob Gonzalez. Um, and, and then you get to Graham and Dunhurst, who are left-handed as well. And they've all shown that they can consistently hit left-handers. But this guy's going to be good. You know, he doesn't pitch on a Friday uh, in the SEC if he's not good. Now, where Ole Miss's left-handers have been so good is that second time through the lineup, once they've seen the guy, seen his breaking ball, they, they make pretty good in-game adjustments. Uh, but I, I think the pressure really falls on the right-handers tonight. You know, can Baker step up? Uh, can Van Cleve, if he DHs, uh, get a big hit? Has a good at bat, bench, shot, and yay. Um, but no, collectively, this is a really scary offense. Uh, they certainly don't fear left-handers, but I think left-handers do have a little bit better advantage against Ole Miss's offense than uh, a, a right-hander would per se. You mentioned T.J. McCants, Jacob Gonzalez there. Uh, we hear the term freshman wall a lot, Brad, and we were talking about uh, the fatigue maybe of, of some of the pitchers. Haven't seen that from these guys offensively. I mean, what stands out to you about McCants and Gonzalez that they've been able to play at such a high level in this league and, and continue at this stage of the season? Well, I, I think for them it's it's been – it's different for both of them. I think for TJ, it's it's more of a uh, – he's a confident kid. Um, you, you kind of saw it on Friday night when he hit the home run off, off uh, Rock Kumar, and then he comes back with the bunt, and you kind of see them have a exchange of words. Uh, that's a freshman, you know, talking to a big boy, you know, talking to, yeah. to one of the elite in this game. Uh, he, he just kind of carries an air about him. Uh, that he belongs, and he certainly belongs. And, and we're talking about a kid that probably uh, wasn't looking at much playing time had Peyton Chatney not gotten hurt, or he certainly wouldn't have been in the lineup as early as he was. But, buddy, once he got in there and had a little bit of success, it's just taken off. And and you can, you can see the confidence grow. Um, and he's not going to hit that wall now. We're, we're at the end of the year now. And like I said earlier – when you're a freshman in this league, say, seeing all these new teams, new venues, new crowds, new uh, just the energy that's around SEC baseball, you know, you come to the park ready every single night. It's just an adrenaline about it that I, I guess it's one of those things until you've done it and understand it. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to put into words how it feels. Gonzalez, on the other hand, uh He's just that talented. He's just that good. These guys knew it back in the fall. Uh, Jake Gonzalez hit 400 in fall baseball. 
against a pretty good staff, you know. Um, and so they knew the talent was there. Of course, they couldn't go out and publicize it because you don't know how a freshman is going to react. But uh, when you've got a kid who's a freshman lead the team in hitting and fall inner squads against a pretty good staff, uh, you know you got something special. And he's just done it all year. He's not been overwhelmed by uh, left-handers, uh, really good right-handers. Uh, and the thing that impresses me most is the adjustments he makes on a pitch-by-pitch -pitch basis. You'll get him every now and then a swing a bat, swinging a bad pitch, you know, maybe a change-up in the dirt. But they'll come back to that pitch and he'll take it or he'll drive that ball to left field. Uh, that kid's really, really good. And, you know, I was telling Clem last night at, at BP, uh, that kid's going to play in the big leagues, and it's going to be sooner than later. You think, uh, Brad, does Jacob stay at shortstop, or does his body type kind of make him fit a little better at third base? Yeah, you know, I I think he can play – I think he can play it in the big leagues at shortstop. But when I told Clem that – that's exactly where he pointed, uh, Parrish, was he said, man, he's going to be a heck of a big league third baseman. Um, but, you know, he it, it may be that first step that that's – and we'll see how this progresses when he's at Ole Miss. It's always that first step for a shortstop. How quick are they? You know, those fast-twitch muscles. And right now, Jacobs is okay. Now, he takes good angles to balls, um, and, and he's got that clock in his head on when to get rid of balls, when, you know – he, he's just got a knack for that position. But right now, that first step is probably not a big league first step as far as the fast twitch muscles go, uh, which would probably push him to play third base. But the hands and the arm are clearly good enough to play in the big leagues right now. Uh, and, and then that bat is going to allow him to play for a long time. Now, Brad, uh, we always hear uh, one game at a time from players and coaches. I've heard that for years. Um, but is there any uh, – you hear any talk around these guys about uh, needing to win a game to host a regional or to hear any regional host talk? Uh, where do they line up with that? I mean, I, I think this weekend's big. I think 17 and 13, if you get that, if you only win one game, uh, I think 17 and 13 gets you a regional. Uh, you hear anything about that? No, I don't. And, yeah. and not from the kids. It's all what I'm reading on Twitter and – you know, and nobody knows, Parrish. Right. You, know, you know, nobody has that answer. Um, you know, and I can remember back when I played, it was the same thing. We we had had a pretty good year, but I heard I heard the outside noise of boy, they need to at least win one in the tournament. You know, and they'd feel really, you know, but nobody knows. Um, it really is true. You just as a player, you just show up and play. You know, they, they give you all the information they can give you. You get all the scouting reports. You know all the tendencies. Uh, and, and the coaches put you in a position to to win the ball game. And you just show up and play. And uh, you don't hear anything about postseason on here, uh, on the bus. You got you to gotta remember, they're still 18 to 22-year-old kids. Uh, you know, yesterday on the way down here, uh, they're, they're playing video games. Uh, they're sleeping. Uh, same thing we were doing when we were 20 years old. And uh, and that's how you want it. You know, at the end of the day, it's still a fun – college baseball is fun, meant to be fun. Uh, the camaraderie, the uh, getting to hang out with your teammates, those days are running out, you know, for a lot of these older yeah. guys. But, yeah. no, you, you don't hear any postseason talk. Uh, 
and and they really do a really good job of keeping that outside noise away from these kids. Flip side of that, Brad, is uh, if you win big, uh, you got a chance to move up in the SEC. You just won uh, one game behind State right now uh, in the on the western side, and uh, you could get that uh, that buy into Wednesday if uh, if things break right this weekend. If Ole Miss has a has a big uh, weekend and and things go right, uh, you know, for the Rebels from the Rebels' perspective in the uh, Mississippi State and, and Alabama series, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I figure we're going to look up. Uh, we're going to look up Saturday night on the way home, and, and the picture is going to look completely different than what it looks like this morning. Because uh, you think Mississippi State's a game ahead of us, Florida's a game ahead of, ahead of us. Well, Florida's headed to Fayetteville this weekend. Uh, Mississippi State obviously is on the road at uh, Tuscaloosa. So there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of shaking up that's going to happen this weekend. Uh, you can certainly better your position, which obviously Ole Miss would like to do, but obviously you could go the other way, and some some teams will. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I think right now we're projected as a maybe a six uh, against Kentucky, and and that just – that won't – it won't look that way Saturday night. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll know uh, kind of where the pegs have shifted uh, as we head to Hoover. Uh, but, yeah, a lot, lot to play for. I mean, you'd love to get that first day by. Uh, you'd love to finish in the top four, but ultimately right now you're trying to hold on, I think. I think we're already in the field of 16. Uh, you're, you're clearly trying to hold on to that and be, and simply better that position. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. Check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things going on there in the group. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.